0: Welcome to Empowered for Life, a weekly audio podcast with Pastor Dr. Dwight A. Smith, teaching the Bible with clarity and relevance, tackling today's topics and issues, bringing healing and restoration into the lives of hurting people. Hello, greetings, and welcome. I'm your host, Pastor Dr. Dwight A. Smith, here with podcast episode number 16, Accessing Kingdom Teachings that Relate to Daily Living. Hello, greetings, and welcome back. Who is he anyway? Who is the Holy Spirit? We will take a look a little closer today into the character, the nature of the the Holy Spirit as to who he really is. The Bible declares that there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, God, the Word, the Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, the Ruach Kodesh. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead or of the Trinity, the triune God. God, the Holy Spirit, is co-equal in power and glory with God the Father and with God the word the son in several books of the bible you will find that all three members of the trinity all three members of the godhead are mentioned together now i know some of you are saying how can there be three when in The Old Testament, God spoke to Israel and said, The Lord our God, the Lord God is one. Now, we spoke very intensely on understanding how one could mean one as the numeral one, but also that one could mean or be more than one as in, For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and the two cleave together, and they become one flesh." So we see that there too can become one. So here we see the Holy Spirit is mentioned as a part of the Godhead. And it's also mentioned several times in the Bible together where the Word and the, the Father are mentioned there as well. The Holy Spirit is the active, present power of God working in a person's life today. But the Holy Spirit didn't just come on the scene. The Holy Spirit has always been there. For we find in Genesis chapter 1, verse number 2, so we see that the Holy Spirit was in the beginning with God. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, we find that the earth was formless and void empty and darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of god hovered over the waters So the spirit of god moved over the waters and we understand that the spirit of god mentioned here is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is hovering over the water, so we see the Holy Spirit in the beginning with God. We also understand that the Holy Spirit is a gift. We see that in John's Gospel, chapter 14, verses 16 and 17. Let's take a look at that. Here Jesus is speaking and he says, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another Comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither knows him, But you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. So here we see Jesus promises the Holy Spirit as a gift and that he is going to come as another comforter, as another paraclete, as another helper. Jesus is telling his disciples at this time that he would have to leave them and he would have to go away. And he says to them that he's not going to leave them orphans. Now, when we think of an orphan, we think of one who a parent, who no longer has a parent, who maybe a parent has abandoned or maybe the parent has uh, passed away and that child is left alone. But in this day in which uh, Jesus is referring to being an orphan was a time when a class or students were abandoned by their teacher. Whenever a teacher left a group of students without another teacher, without another instructor, they were looked at as orphans. So Jesus says to his disciples, he says, I'm not going to leave you orphans. I am going to send to you another paraclete, another teacher, another comforter, another one, just like me, but he says the difference in this one that will come and be just like me, he's going to be the Holy Spirit. Instead of him being in front of you like I am, he's going to be in you. He's going to be in you, fellowshipping with you, speaking from the inside of you, revealing to you the truth and helping you to understand the word of God, but he will be in you. He says that the world won't believe this, the world can't receive this, and the reason they can't receive it, because they can't see him. He's saying they won't receive the Holy Spirit because they can't see the Holy Spirit, they can't see him, and so they don't believe that he actually exists. And because they don't believe he actually exists, they cannot receive him. But you, however, are different because you are in a relationship with me because you know the truth and the truth is making you free because you have walked with me, you've talked with me, you have been taught of me. You understand that I have always spoke to you the truth and the truth of the matter is unless I go, he cannot come. So I must leave in order for this gift coming from the Father to be with you, but he will not just be with you, he will be in you. So we must understand in order for us to receive the Holy Spirit, we must receive him on the inside. We must open up our heart to receive this gift given to us by Jesus, given to us by the Father, and we will receive him on the inside of our spirits. So some of you may say, what is this Holy Spirit? I've heard also people say something about the word Holy Ghost. Uh, Are the Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost the same? Yes, they are the same. The words can be used interchangeably. As a matter of fact, around the 16th century, the Bible used to use the word Holy Ghost. But because people would associate ghosts with something fearful, being afraid of, or something evil, the translators translated it to be Holy Spirit, which is the same and it can be used interchangeably. However, if you search the scriptures, you will find out that the term Holy Spirit appears 40 times in the book of Acts alone. It appears five times in Matthew, four times in Mark, 13 times in Luke, three times in John, 16 times in Paul's epistles, five in Hebrews, two in Peter's epistles. So we can find that the mention of the Holy Spirit is mentioned quite frequently throughout the gospel. Now we understand that Luke is the author of the book of Luke, the gospel according to Saint Luke, as well as the author of the book of Acts. And if you look at Luke's writings, you will find that the mention of the Holy Spirit in the two books are mentioned a number of 53 times. 53 times, which means Luke understands the importance of us having a relationship with the Holy Spirit. He understands the importance of of being filled with the Holy Spirit. He understands the importance of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, being filled with the Holy Spirit and being baptized in the Holy Spirit are two different things, and we'll look at that a little later. However, we want to understand that the Holy Spirit is, in fact, a person. It's not a thing, he is a person. He is a person in the Godhead. He is co-equal in power, which means that he has the same power The same ability that God the Father has, he has the same power, same ability that God the Son or that Jesus Christ has, and he is the active power of God working in the earth today. We also understand that he has no agenda of his own. He is fulfilling the plan, the purpose, and the will of of the Father. He knows the mind of God. He knows the will of God. He knows the purpose of God. And so he reveals to us the plan, the purpose, and the will of God. He empowers us that we would be able to fulfill the plan, the will, and the purpose of God. He empowers us so that we can walk. Walk in the character and the nature of God, as we begin to take a closer look at the Holy Spirit and we begin to look at his character and his nature, he gives us his character and his nature, they are called the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but they are given to us even as he is given to us so that we as believers, so that we as sons of God can be a mirror reflecting the image of God in the earth so that we can be representatives of God in the earth so that the power of God can be manifest in and through our lives in the earth but we must first of all be born again. Then after being born again we must receive the fullness of the power of the Holy Spirit operating in us in order that we are able to fulfill these things. The term Ruach Akodesh is the term used for the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. The word Ruach is a word translated several ways in the English Bible such as Spirit, breath, and wind. The word ha is used as the word the in Hebrew, and the word kodesh refers to holy and holiness. In English, we say spirit. In Greek, we say pneuma, and the Hebrew word is kodesh the one root idea running through all of these words is invisible force in whatever way it's used it always refers to that which is invisible except by its manifestations the word ruach is used nine different ways in the Old Testament and its counterpart the word Panama is used 14 different ways in the New Testament for example Jesus said his words were spirit and life in John's gospel chapter 6 verse 63. The idea of the words being spirit is that the words cannot be seen with the natural eye just as a spirit is invisible to the eyes but words can be heard and once God's words are received in the human spirit they produce life. Thus the words of Jesus are spirit and they are life. In the scripture, there are three significant titles used for the word Ruach Akodesh, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the Lord, and the Spirit of God. In the time of Christ, his Jewish audience was aware of the Spirit of God and the concept of spirit being identified with Ruach, or wind, breath, and spirit. Perhaps that's why in John's Gospel, chapter 3, verses 5 through 8, Christ compares the Holy Spirit to the wind. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes, so is everyone born of the Spirit. Here Jesus is identifying or comparing the Holy Spirit with the natural wind because we can feel the wind coming through. We could see the evidence of the wind in the trees. However, we cannot actually see the wind itself, but we know from its sound and we know from the evidence of what it has done that the wind has come through. So is the Ruach, the Holy Spirit, the breath of God is the same way. We can't see it coming. However, we can see the evidence of it coming into our life. We could see the evidence of the fact that he is there. We could see the evidence because of the transformation, the change that has taken place in us because of the Holy Spirit. The Bible speaks of Jesus being baptized. It said that John the Baptist was in the Jordan baptizing. Jesus was about the age of 30 when he came to John and asked John to baptize him. John, seeing Jesus coming, saying, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. He says to Jesus, You're asking me to baptize you. I should be asking you to baptize me. What John was referring to was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But Jesus was speaking of more than that. He said, This must must be done so that all is fulfilled under the law what he was stating and saying was this during that time anytime a priest was transferring the priesthood from father to son, there was a cleansing that had to be done with water. And so there would be a cleansing with water. And then the father of that priest would then acknowledge that this is my son. He would then anoint him with oil and declare that he is my son and that I'm pleased with him, thus allowing him to enter into the priesthood. This is the same thing that occurred with Jesus here. Jesus goes to John. John, however, even though he's in the wilderness baptizing and preaching the gospel, John is from the priestly family, for his father was Zacharias, so John is a priest. John understood that there had to be a transferring of the priesthood, and so John, in baptizing Jesus, the baptism, the water baptism for everybody else was a baptism of repentance from sin but Jesus was not a sinner so his baptizing was symbolic of the cleansing process for the priesthood then we see the scripture says that the spirit of God or the holy spirit descended on him in the form of a dove now it's understood that the wings of a dove are different from the wings of any other bird for the wings of most birds uh the feathers go backward but the wings are the tips of the dove's feathers go forward just as the anointing or the priest or the prophets would anoint uh, the priest it would be from ear to ear almost symbolic of what would appear to be the wings of a dove going from ear to ear on the head of Jesus as Holy Spirit descends on him in the form of a dove not as a dove but in the form of a dove and then we hear God the Father says this this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. So we see this whole situation taking place here where there's a transferring of the priesthood from John the Baptist to Jesus the Christ. And the approval is done by God the Father as the Holy Spirit descends upon him and he thus at the age of 30 begins his ministry. You also must understand that this wasn't done even though it was in the wilderness. There were crowds of people gathered to be baptized of John. So there were many people there to hear the father announce that Jesus Christ was his son, that he was the anointed one, that he was to be the Messiah, that he was the, going to be the lamb in which John proclaimed to take away the sin of the world. But he would do all of this after receiving the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, just as Jesus received the Holy Spirit, just as Jesus was anointed by the Holy Spirit, just as he received power from the Holy Spirit, the Bible declares to us, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me. So we need to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to receive the anointing of the Holy Spirit in order to be effective witnesses to the kingdom of God, in order to be effective witnesses of the word of God, of the anointing, and in order to effectively lead anyone out of a relationship of sin and bondage and addiction into a victorious, overcoming lifestyle. We need the Holy Spirit. So we see after his baptism in Matthew chapter 3, verse 17, Jesus is then led by the Spirit into the wilderness for 40 days of fasting. And after his fasting, he goes into the synagogue in Nazareth, his hometown, and he begins to read the scripture from the prophet Isaiah, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. So here he says the Holy Spirit is upon him. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he gives the reason, he gives the reason for the Holy Spirit being upon him. Because he has anointed me. So there's an anointing that comes by virtue of the Holy Spirit being upon you. Once you receive the Holy Spirit, he anoints you. He equips you. He gives you an ability to do what you could not do in and of yourself. He says, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Now, what do you think preaching the gospel to the poor would be? To the poor, it would be that you don't have to remain poor. I have good news. You don't have to stay in poverty. You don't have to remain poor because here is some good news as to how you can come out of that. So he says, he was sent or given an anointing to preach the gospel to the poor. He was sent to heal the brokenhearted. So anybody that had their heart broken, anybody that was wounded, that was living in despair and under depression, he says, I come to heal that broken heart. And just as he came to heal that broken heart, he gives the Holy Spirit to his witnesses that we too might be able to minister to the hurting, to the wounded, to the brokenhearted, and to bring healing into their life. He says he was anointed to proclaim liberty to the captive. So those who are under the captivity of the enemy, those who are bound, those who are bound by addictions, those who who cannot get free because of their bondages, because of the yoke that had them bound. He says, he has been given an anointing to destroy the yokes that hold them bound and to set at liberty those who are captive and also to recover the sight to the blind. Now, The Bible speaks of those who are blind, meaning that they cannot see the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The enemy has blinded their eyes or blinded their minds. They cannot see nor hear the glorious light of the gospel of Jesus Christ because once you understand that the word of God has come to free you, once you understand that the word of God has come to establish you and give you victory in life, once you understand that the word of God has come to prosper you, once you understand that the word of God has come to give you health and joy and peace, you will understand that God is not trying to steal your joy or your happiness, that what he is attempting to do is to give you joy and to give you happiness and to give you a successful life and understand that you don't have to be under oppression, you don't have to be bound, you don't have to be oppressed, that he came to proclaim the acceptable year, the opportunity of receiving, you would receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You would receive what he has given you in the gift of this Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit has come to empower you. The Holy Spirit has come to encourage you. The Holy Spirit has come to enable you. The Holy Spirit has come to help you. The Holy Spirit has come to teach you. The Holy Spirit has come to instruct you. And once you understand who he is and what his ability is and what he came to do, you would surrender your life to him so that he can help you to receive an overcoming, victorious, powerful life in Christ Jesus. For that is what the Holy Spirit came to give you. to Empower for Life. If you're ready to shake off religion and tradition to be, to do, and to have everything God purposed for you, then continue to tune in as we answer your questions and reveal to you the mysteries and secrets of the kingdom of God. Feel free to email us your questions and prayer requests at TV at AOL.com. That's TV at AOL.com or visit us online at www.empoweredforlife.tv. Again, thank you for joining us, and we look forward to sharing your work.